Hello, this is Pastor Kong Hee. I want to thank you for joining us on our podcast. I pray that you'll be blessed in Christ, encouraged by the Word, and experience an encounter with God. Remember, knowing God and being known by Him is the greatest pursuit of life. Enjoy the message. This is my final installment on the series on the principle of sowing and reaping. So does Jesus teach a doctrine on the rejection of wealth? Some believe he did. They say that Jesus himself implicitly rejects money and wealth, success and fame. They say that we can see this in his rejection of Satan's temptation in the wilderness, where he refused all that the world could offer. Others say that by calling money mammon, Jesus was warning about riches becoming an object of false worship and devotion. What's more, to the rich, Jesus encourages them to give all their wealth to the poor, as in the case of the rich young ruler. But all these cannot mean that Jesus views wealth as something sinful, because money in itself is simply an instrument of exchange. If success and wealth is sin in, in themselves, then many of the saints in the Bible were living in sin because they were very successful and very wealthy. People like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, King David, Solomon, and don't forget that Job was the richest and greatest man in the East. Yet all of them would testify that their wealth and success came from the Lord. Moses confirmed this when he told the Israelites, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. In the New Testament, there is also no dispute that the apostles John and James, as well as the gospel writer John Mark, all came from relatively rich families. Other followers of Christ were also from a background of wealth and influence like Joanna and Susanna and Joseph called Barnabas, who was one of the 70. Jesus didn't require them to renounce their wealth. In fact, in heaven, wealth, power, and honor are all the inheritance of the Lamb of God. All this tells us that money is amoral. It is only a means for us to express the desires of our hearts. If our hearts are godly, money becomes a means for us to advance the kingdom of God and be a blessing to others. If our hearts are evil, then money becomes a means for us to satisfy our greed, our lust and pride. Jesus is not against wealth. What he doesn't want is for us to put our trust and security in it. This was the problem of the rich young ruler. This was the problem of the rich fool in Luke chapter 12. Nothing in life, not even success and wealth, must usurp God's place in our hearts. In his parable of sowing and reaping, Jesus warns against greed and materialism. He says the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches can choke the word of God and cause a person to become unfruitful. Therefore, we must never allow the pursuit of success and wealth to usurp God's place in our lives. Paul echoes Jesus' teachings by saying that greed and materialism can make us proud 
and turn our hearts away from God. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and be generous and willing to share. Our faith must be in God. Our hope must be in the Lord. Not in our careers, businesses, or bank accounts. However, notice that Paul says that God will richly provide us with everything. Not just for our needs, but also for our enjoyment. As long as we are free from greed and pride and materialism, God has no problem with Christians being rich and successful in this present life. Fame and riches cannot be our purpose or focus in life. Jesus says that our purpose and focus must always be the kingdom of God and all His righteousness. Practically, under most circumstances, God will abundantly provide us with everything that we need, both to bless us and to make us a blessing to others. But our faith in Him must grow and we must develop an inward capacity so that we are also able to accept sufferings, delays, and disappointments. For a select and privileged few who obediently live for Christ and the gospel under very harsh conditions, in spite of their faith, they may suffer great material and financial losses in this lifetime, but God will make it up to them in the age to come. In this life, His grace will be sufficient. They will always have the means and provision to complete their assignments. The principle of sowing and reaping will still work for them, although their experience of the hundredfold may comparatively seem smaller than others who do not share their abject suffering. However, Jesus says that ultimately, great will be their reward in heaven. So in conclusion, there shouldn't be any doubt concerning the legitimacy of the biblical principle of sowing and reaping, giving and receiving. As disciples of Christ, we must not be self-indulgent, but should rather daily mortify our greed, materialism, and pride. We must actively apply the killing power of His cross to these vicious cravings. At the same time, we must be confident that God is a rewarder of those who seek Him by faith. We must put our trust in God and never in money. We seek to be good stewards of all that He's blessed us with. We learn to give generously to the work of the kingdom, to build the church, preach the gospel, and help the poor and needy. And as we do all this in obedience to His word and through the guidance of His spirit, we will discover His never-ending abundant blessings in our lives. We will experience that His promise is true Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6.